Beep boop, greetings, and welcome to the Going Rogue Gaming Podcast, a roguelike podcast about roguelike games. I am your robot host, GR-0GP Scott Berger. I am, query interrupted, joined by my second fault, uh, rogues gallery of co-hosts, beep boop. Greetings, it is I, Y45 Defender, Colin. Yeah, and I'm an, a pile of angry, rusted scrap metal in the corner. Ah, salvage, I see. Yes. Today, we are talking about Cogmind, released October 16th, 2017, early access on Steam, uh, but also DRM-free on the GridSage Games website. This is a roguelike, a traditional roguelike game developed by a solo dev, Josh G, who is a solo dev working from Taiwan. And Cogmind this week rolls in at our 344th most popular roguelike in our data set with 1,314 total reviews in the distribution at the 90th percentile. Colin, you have come across a, uh, a terminal that hacks into this podcast and you have your hacking suite enabled, you have your, your system suite enabled, and mm. you are ready to hack into the the podcast entry for Cogmind. All right. What's my percent chance of success? Your percent chance is 75%, but I'm guessing that the, that the lore entry. Will uh, I rolled a nat one. So <laughs> apparently I don't hack into that computer. <laughs> but luckily, there's another yeah. terminal right next to you that has not been shut down, and you can hack that one for the for the uh, lore there entry. There we go. That's, that's 11. So that's gonna, that hack's going to work. Uh, yeah. So Cogmind is one of, it, it is an actual traditional roguelike, something we haven't played that much of. Um, but I guess it's untraditional in some ways because uh, the, the thing that I like the most about it is like you are a constantly evolving, constantly mutating robot. The things that you start out with will have almost no bearings on what you have on you two levels later. Things are constantly being blown off of your core and you're trying to run and grab the wheels of the bot you just killed and slap them on so you can get away from the the robots that are following you. Um, it's a fairly, uh, I would say that it's a, it's a fairly difficult game uh, in that you are not, combat builds are difficult, are, are, are hard to do. Mm -hmm. like the enemies are, are hard and I don't think it's intended for you to fight everything. You shouldn't yep. be blow, blasting your way through the levels. You have to pick and choose your fights. Um, and slowly build up your your bot and hopefully keep a couple of the good things you you found along the way and make your way to robot zion <laughs> yeah i think this this game compared to i think the only other traditional roguelike games grid based uh turn based permadeath rpgs uh with bad graphics uh 
have been sort of the stars of the pit, and I guess to some extent, hack slash loot. If anyone remembers that one, oh, Dungeons of Dreadmore. Dungeons of Dreadmore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's... Dungeons of Dreadmore is the the most traditional one that we've done. Yeah. How could I forget Dreadmore? Um, and yeah, all those games are very uh fight monster heavy, but this one feels like it goes in the complete opposite direction, where you are. It's, I guess it's not fair to say that you're penalized for, for combat, but you're strongly disincentivized from fighting everything you see. Yeah, you, you can fight, but you shouldn't just stand and fight. Mm-hmm. It's like a rear guard action. You shoot the things that are fast and run away from the things that are slow. That's my general strategy. One thing I particularly like about Cogmind is that it... It feels very, um, it feels like you get the the aesthetic and the world that you're in almost immediately. So you are, in Cogmind, you are a robot uh, that ascends from the the depths of, uh, I think it's like the, the trash or rubbish bin from this humongous robot factory. And every every level that you get to next uh, I like that it reminds you of your goal and you have one goal and that is to escape and very much in the opposite end of the spectrum from like what we've seen with uh, the pit or Dreadmore with those like you're you're descending down to some goal but in this case you're ascending up to escape from this robot factory. Reminds me of some other game slay the something I don't remember where you're ascending some kind of a spire. Oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And much mm-hmm. like Slay the Spire, you have uh, all sorts of stealth mechanics and hacking and lots of typing uh, going on and lots of uh, uh, hacking commands to memorize along the way. It's basically the exact same game. Is what we're trying yeah, to say. Uh, maybe Slay the Spire was inspired by this game because it did come out after. Ooh. So, ooh, who knows? <laughs> and so with that, all of the praise of the game is done. Right now we're on to the lengthy... Uh, the diatribe. <laughs> the, all right, uh, well, all right. Two well, minutes of hate. Have at it. No, okay. I'll just be fair here. So you guys have all we we're just talking about this. What Scott, you're at a thousand hours, ten thousand no, hours in the no, game. I think even if I was at a thousand hours, I would probably okay. I think like a thousand hours, you've probably seen all the content in the game. I crossed over the hundred hour mark this weekend, and I still feel like I'm maybe I don't know have explored. 35 40% of the game in total. Uh I feel what you, like what I've, do you mean by that? Like what what do you think is not there? What is your unknown unknowns or your known unknowns? Um my unknown unknowns are things about uh delving into interactions with like NPC factions deeper. So this Did you this say game... they just released that content like last weekend and so obviously you have it like No, they well, just released more. Yeah. I they mean just... It just the, keeps coming out with more. Yeah. So the development for this game is fascinating to follow because there's there's a lot of stuff in this, but it doesn't feel overwhelming with like, oh my god, I have to keep on top of all of the stuff. Like I feel like you can you can play through a a run of Cogmind and not need to be like to memorize every little detail about the game. Um, but there is a lot of stuff that if you choose to go down that path, uh there's a whole like different entire branch of different strategy that awaits you. 
Um, and one that just released, uh, so at, at time of recording, we're uh, recording just after one of the major reworks to um, uh, the garrisons, which are basically like where enemies spawn out of. And uh, you can you can go into these areas and it's a whole separate level biome and uh i was streaming this for will a few a few days ago of like okay let's check this out let's go into this new area that like i've been in here before but i want to see what's reworked in here uh basically my absolutely smashed immediately i mean yes but oh, i don't know if i was playing super optimally but um my goal was to be a a, a flight-based uh speed hacking melee slasher robot uh and shit goes down things start blowing up i lose my flying fortress uh and so i'm like okay i guess i gotta slap on some treads here and and start uh tank treading around uh and then things more things just keep exploding and will's like okay well when when does the fun start i'm like just look at it look at all the explosions and robots and everything are you are you kidding me look at what look at what this is my big gripe <laughs> i i boot this game up i'm looking at the starting screen i'm like what am i I see a bunch of like eight looking by, at the was, matrix eight by eight pixels. Is that what a little uh, a square is? Something like that. You can't make anything look good in eight by eight. <laughs> and I might be getting that wrong, but it, it's it's so incredibly small. It's like what a robot is, is. It just looks ridiculously stupid and simplistic. I couldn't tell what I was for the longest time. I had to move around and be like, oh, that strange set of blocks a blue, there a blue thing oh you're, you're a okay. blue c c for okay. yeah that makes a lot of sense and, and then we, <laughs> it just this 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 game i uh and the first time i booted up too i'm just looking at this interface and i'm just like i shut it down i, I tried it again the next day i opened it up i looked at it for a minute read some of the documentation oh no i just couldn't and then so, i started playing and i tried to get into it i'm like okay here we go i get i know what things do now and it was just not fun at all. The the game loops, the little the mechanics about yeah, you got to balance your your energy and the types of weapons and the types of enemies have different things that they you know they're they're weak and strong against. But you have to right click them. You have to right click everything because you need to see what everything. <laughs> and you just it's just like, and, and this is all these attributes are assigned to this little like strange looking square on the screen. You're like, oh, this is some epic monster. And this other square right over here that's almost identical to it. Oh, this is just a little peon. <laughs> And it can't do anything to you. And it's just like, that's stupid. I'm sorry, game creator, but this game is not for people like me who need like 32 by 32 or just something where like it's slightly more than what you've reduced so, it to. So I I, I hear your critique <laughs> and I'm curious how you square that with your love of War Sim, the it's very easy. It's very easy. It's not, it's not even... Yeah, so that's a text-based game. Mm -hmm. Complete text. Everything that's interesting is like, well, for, for, first of all, like I played this game as an optimizer of a betting game. And so it wasn't, I the, all the, the, the blocks of text, all the lore drops, all that crap, I kind of skipped through a lot of that stuff. But most of it was just navigating screens where it's like, here is text. It's not like, here is like a square with eight pixels where I'm supposed to guess what the hell this is. It's like when they actually do ASCII art, it was beautiful ASCII art. I, well, I mean like interesting mm -hmm. at least like the faces, the, the, the buildings, the, the, like the shipyard. These mm -hmm. were like, well done. I thought in this game, yeah, okay. yeah, you do they, get ASCII were... art, but you're right clicking on everything to see the shape of something, which you only see in like the details menu. And it's just like, no, the actual gameplay, you don't interact with that stuff. You don't, it's just, 
So I guess Absolutely. my question too is if this exact like gameplay is the same, but everything reskinned in very high quality art. Like Dreadmore sprites or something, right? Uh, yes, of course, like Dreadmore art. No, well, well, like, well, not not like that, but I mean uh, honestly. You like, mean like in terms of size? Yeah. That would like, help a lot. It wouldn't fix everything, would, but yeah. that would that would improve my rating of this game by two or three points by minimum at a, at a minimum. Wow. I will. Yeah. So yeah, I guess like I I'll, I will uh, submit to Will's uh, criticism of that like the main sort of field of view that you have. So th this game is you know like like other traditional roguelikes is top down. You know you have your your character model which is literally just like. A stylized C. Yeah, it's a stylized C. It's a single tile, uh, and it it can be hard to see. I because I'm insane. Uh, I think I played like the I don't know the ten or fifteen hours of this on the Steam Deck over the past like week or so, oh. and that was that was kind of testing my eyesight pretty bad. I think if someone hadn't uh, there was like a community layout that you could map like a magnifier to one of the back buttons and i was constantly hitting that of like okay i don't i don't need glasses i don't need them because i have this magnifier uh this is also maybe one of like and this game was clearly not designed to play on a steam deck that being said if it were cuz like the pit i mean also not kind of optimized for the steam deck but you can see it dreadmore you can see it if cogmind i think had that kind of friendlier graphical um, approach, I think it would it would open itself a lot more to a broader community. Now that being said, I do really like you know the the weapons that are down on the ground and not being like overwhelmed with the visual complexity of them. I can right click it and the like the very war semi uh, like ASCII art design of like oh this this like super automated gauss cannon or this heavy linear accelerator uh weapon i'm like that's pretty dope like the way that that is designed and uh just very like artistically sci-fi created i feel like i am like this is what a robot would see if it looked at this thing on the ground yeah uh, i i think it's it's extremely thematic like yes. i think it works the whole uh visual aesthetic of it works really well as a a complement to the theme um i will say that it has one of the, the criticisms i have for like a couple of other of the like eight bit style games which is it's not great for readability mm -hmm. like you it's all caps which is hard to read and it's like uh the like like pixel pixel font style um which makes it a little harder to quickly grok the many many different attributes of various things um but i have not found that i mean maybe it's just that i i got through the hump of of understanding and so that like i know which parts that i need to look for when i'm looking for something it's like oh i want to figure i'm trying to figure out like which gun should i be using to shoot this thing it's like oh i just you know can scan really quick and see it but i i mean i found that same problem in some of the other uh games that we've played where it's just like it's easy to overwhelm with information uh and having a really clear system of disseminating that information mm -hmm. is is nice which cogmind does an okay job at it but not a great job 
What what about the actual like combat loop? How how do you feel about that? Because we we played recently. We played um, fights in tight spaces as just mm-hmm. like an example here of like yeah, that's extremely tactical. You have to think ahead of with your moves and like you're moving this guy here and that guy and like sometimes the direct conflict. But like in this game, it's just like they're dude. I shoot missile at, or no. Okay. Sorry. It's a little more complex than that. It's you, you see, okay, there's a dude. He's on the screen. First you decide, do I, do I want to attack dude or not, or run away? Okay. Make you, there's some things that go into that decision. If attack, it, what is he weak to? Do I have that weapon in my inventory? If so, equip, and then like attack that guy. It's just basically once you have gone through this kind of pre this boring, I might add like (laughs) mechanic of like, do attack, don't attack, equip weapon. Then it's just click on thing. Thing goes, Oh, or not. Oh, sometimes you miss. And then you just have this like slug fest back and forth until it blows up. And that is the tactics in a nutshell. I mean, okay, maybe you'll say something. Oh, we can retreat into a corridor. And then, and then you know, that's where you use your rocket launcher to get them all where their numbers gone for nothing. But I just didn't find that to be a huge part of the gameplay. Like, and maybe there was something I was missing there, but it seemed mm-hmm. to me like optimal strategy was shoot the oh, the thing at the thing. And then it goes boom. I think because combat here is not really the focus that it it again what like, is well so <laughs> the, the focus here is to escape. Getting it is good it is stuff. a it is technically I feel like how did I build this? I was um recently thinking of this game as a as mecha gear solid because you are stealthing your way around this facility. You can do combat, but you don't want to raise your alert too much because then the combat just becomes overwhelming. And your goal is to, you know, be sneaky and eventually, you know, complete this mission objective that you have. Uh, There are, so like, yes, the, the way that you've described the combat loop is one way that you can approach it if you are just walking in with a very, um, normie mindset of run and gun just i see thing i shoot oh no, no the first is my actions do you run away or do you shoot if yeah. you engage with something you pretty much need to kill them because otherwise they chase you down that's not true you can if you hide they will lose track of you and you yeah, can like, optimize for that yeah strongly um, there are so so get the ecm suite and you just go hide in a weird corner and they don't find you your your options in this game so you are presented almost constantly with just a barrage of parts on the floor or things that you harvest from um other robots by either blowing them up or buzzsawing them off or by coming up to to different machines and having them like pinata loot explode out and all those things um and that i think helps to really inform your tactical choices here where you know, are you so you know, you are on a floor and your goal is to find an exit to the floor and there's a, like a hundred enemy robots in your way and you don't know where they are and your goal is to, well, maybe I don't want to alert the entire floor and have 500 robots chasing me and shooting me at every at every turn. So maybe instead what I'll do is I'll equip, you know, some kind of uh, melee implement to dig my way through different walls and if I have like radar equipment that allows me to see the robot patrols that are coming down the hallway and then maybe I'll wait and then they'll go back down the hallway and I can oh okay now it's it's clear for me to move um, you 
just like there's there's different um weapon types that do different things i think you kind of touched on you know you shoot man or like you equip a thing that does you know the bonus damage to them and it, it kills them but how it kills them can very drastically change what your gameplay strategy might be right there's the like the last run i did i was using the em pulse mm -hmm. where it like does integrity damage and it just like you can kill stuff really easily but it, it oftentimes corrupts the things that are left behind so if you get hurt during that fight you get left with a bunch of stuff that's not really usable and so in some well, ways you get more stuff and in some ways it's like a higher chance of it being corrupted which you can kind of use or kind yeah. of not um, the risk reward with corruption though is like if you if you kill the robot and they drop all their stuff but it's all corrupted you can put it on Right. But then, but then it raises your corruption meter where then like maybe sometimes like your gun will just fire for no reason, which if you're in like an NPC's uh, faction hideout and you blow something up and own it, you know, you've made an enemy of them for life. Now your whole strategy has gone up in air or you've blown up a reactor and alerted all the bots on the floor to where you are. Things can yeah. go sideways unexpectedly and really change up what you were thinking about doing. And I feel like I... I feel like Will's going to disagree with this, but I think that it is a game of many interesting decisions because mm -hmm. your robot is so constantly changing and, and the relative to positions of you versus the things that you're around you uh, is, is so, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm in a firefight with this thing. I'm, oh, I'm going to win. And then a second later, another robot shows up and your heavy assault gun gets blown off of you. And like, now the calculus for this fight has changed dramatically and quickly. And you're like, all right, now what's the best way to flee? Like, oh no, they blew off my wheel. So I'm overburdened. It's like, well, how do I figure out like, which of these things do I need to drop off so that I can get away quickly? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think managing your weight capacity is a huge part of the game uh, because your propulsion systems are, are constantly getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, now I'm, uh, you're, you're overburdened. and it's not like Skyrim where that's just like a, a thing that happens every once in a while and you just throw away your million herbs that you've collected or the pots and pans or the silver you've stolen. Like you'll you'll throw away things that you very much wanted to keep. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I have this sensor that I want and I can get this other sensor. And then you're like, oh, I you can you're building towards synergy and you're like, I have to discard this synergy because it's gonna it's gonna come online and in, in too long and I won't be able to like I'll die now yeah if I try and get that synergy later I feel like if this game had like I all of the systems are there all of the interactions between all of the uh decisions and like there's lore there if you want it like it like for me this is like very much a Scott game where it has like literally everything I could ask for but maybe held back a little in the graphics department. And I understand why just from like how the game was developed. But like, if this was, if like, if this was a game that had like super Nintendo level graphical fidelity, but the same, same aesthetic and was like for the most, well, I guess like, I don't know the most, the mouse controls in this game are, are very good. Uh, it is very keyboard heavy because there's a lot of command typing. But if this was a game that was like more or less, playable with like a like super nintendo controller this would be like 
Will's greatest game of all time, I feel like. Yeah, give me Into the Breach graphics, that isometric yeah, version of this. Actually, Into the Breach and is then probably you've got, a good. Then you've got a good game. But I can't play it as is. It's just, I don't care about the C shape on the, the <laughs> I just, I have a, I have struggle to like, like to, to make those decisions to be like, oh man, I really hope I survive. Mm-hmm. My, I just go, I just go YOLO. Like maybe I'll, you know, pull it off or I'll die, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like that's how, like, I don't know. I just don't care about getting to the next level. Like if, if I can't just roll the dice and get like some overpowered, ridiculous yeah. run, like so, whatever, I'll just right. start. I have a, I have a, a thought. Uh, this game is sneaky archer the game. <laughs> Like, the point is never to get into face-on combat with the troll. It's always to be like, it, it feels like every part of this game is the parts of Morrowind or Skyrim that I like, where you're, like, trying to break the system. You're trying to, like, figure out how to cheat your way through the walls or, like, oops, I went into an area that's too hard. Somehow I still managed to, like, get the thing and get out. Like, ah, I stole the like the prototype level five fusion core, even though it's the first level. And mm-hmm. now I have like a absolutely great energy system way before I should. And like, I managed to sneak my way out with that. Like everything. Well, that's the thing is like that prototype, that really cool thing in every other type of RPG, that's going to be on the pedestal behind the thing, be, you know, guarded by. But in this game, it's like, here are five of them laying on the ground in one room. Well, okay, so what? So, like, it's just I, such a let's, maybe let's, not all prototype, but like, yeah, it's just like I, a you walk into a room and here's six of this like thing on the ground, and it's just like this is how items are doled out to you. You either kill them off a dude, or they're just a bunch of them laying on the ground, and, and it's just weird. It's stupid. And that's true for like the the garbage tier stuff, where if you're in a panic and you're like, damn, I I have had all of my wheels blown off. Uh, I need to figure out where the hell I can get some kind of legs so I'm not taking like, you know, a thousand time units per turn and all the other, you know, units are like going at warp speed around me because it takes forever to move. Like, yeah, you can you can find that room that has like all of the, like the standard six, equipment. Six data jacks. Yeah. Um, And where the really interesting fluid flexibility of this game comes in is that like, yeah, you have your standard stuff there. There are prototype things like, like what you would find in um, like binding of Isaac pills or like unidentified equipment in, in other RPGs where like, I need to identify this, but instead of a scroll of identify, like, well, there, okay. So there's some items that do that, but like uh, you attach it to your, your little player character and like you will identify it that way. And other times you can hack what that thing might be from like a a terminal nearby, um, but sometimes it might be faulty. And generally speaking, those are better components. Will, in that stream that I was doing for you, where I was getting my my shit rocked by all the (laughs) enemies in the uh, like the garrison, uh, I I wound up exploring some more because I was trying to find uh, like the uh, the hack installer component and. Like, I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe I'll come up to this terminal here and, oh, it shows me that there's like 45 hidden exits on here. I'm like, okay, this must be part of the big update that they rolled out. And much more expansive than I thought it was, digging around, come across this like the, like what you're describing, the pedestal of forbidden equipment where everything was like three or four levels higher than what I was at. I'm like, 
Ooh, boy, here we go. This is the, the money melon right here. Um, attached on some, some super like heavy, uh, weapons and i was like okay now i'm in business this is gonna like drive my gameplay for the next little bit uh ran around some more some more levels and floors <laughs> and uh so or well so i got the uh, i got the hack installer so i could hack robots but i still had the super cannon on me running around and i got to this one area i'm like okay in all of my runs before i've gotten to this zone that's been pretty well heavily defended now i've got the super cannon i'm a pretty decent like attack bot i'm going to see how much damage I can do then finally get to this thing that I've wanted to get at. It's just been dangling in front of me this whole time. Blow away all of like these super powered guard dudes. Uh, and I mean, eventually I run out of ammo. So then I get surrounded by like two or three other guys and I have to like pivot and make those on the fly decisions. But I wound up like, like having that big heavy cannon blown off of my bot. Couldn't pick it up again, but I still had the hacking ability so the like I'm surrounded by two or three robots. I go up and hack one of them to turn him into an ally. So now it's a a two v two fight. Run up to the other bot and hack him while the fight's going on. So it's a three v one, and then that bot eventually dies. We run into like this big like very fragile library of mainframes, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can run into here and like do the thing. And then all of my ally robots are starting to attack everything else. Like all everything is just like blowing up all around. And to me, this is like, this is the the quintessential Cogmind experience here. Shoulder shrugging. The and fusion core, yeah. <laughs> whatever thing that I found, I had to hack open a heavily, like a, a, a door, a giant heavy door. And it was sitting on, basically sitting on a pedestal in that room. Mm -hmm. Almost exactly the way you described. I mean, there was no visual pedestal, but it was like that's uh, it. That's what I mean. It was like, a three by <laughs> it was a three by three room with this thing in the middle on the one square or something like that. It's also um, worth noting that uh, some of the the NPC faction leaders that you can encounter do offer those kind of like run guiding uh, parts. So your your main your main through line of the game is yeah you're in this factory or this this robot um uh multi-tiered floor uh structure it's like 10 floors so you have 10 levels you start in like level 11 as your kind of like very tutorial zone then you come up and then you're like the first couple levels are still very tutorially but you can either go up or to a side branch and side branches are typically like npc story or faction related content and early game those side branches can give you like a good a good starting weapon uh or they can give you access to uh one of the early factions the exiles and they will give you uh basically like wall hacks for free right at the start of the game um but again another really interesting trade-off here is that you align with them it's going to piss off some other factions where you can't just faction stack all of your or like get everyone on your side, basically. Like you go with one, you're going to piss off two others, which I think is very interesting. It creates that kind of dynamic, like, okay, do I really want to go with this guy if I want to try getting this guy over here to invade the final level later with me and cause a big distraction? Trade-offs. But some of those faction leaders will give you, um, like Exiles, they'll give you like a, like a choice of three items. You can take all three and be greedy, uh, and typically these are like much higher power than what you have in the early game. These are like mid to late game items that are pretty decently good. 
and I think for the most part, all unique too. Like you won't find them anywhere else, but that will, that will help define your run. Uh, you'll suffer some consequences from it if you're greedy, which is fun. Uh, and yeah, like th- there's one option for a, a giant laser on a pedestal that will blow up an entire room for you. I mean, I'm, I'm still coming back to like the, no matter how you're putting it, like on a, on a pedestal, like it's still like this little block on the ground, like it's still like a weapon is like, it looks like a little plank. And that'll t- it might say supercharged linear disruptor. And it's just as this most badass name ever. But you look that at it and it's bad. like a fucking eight pixels <laughs> on the line inside a block. And you're like, oh, OK. So uh, while you're talking there, like, uh, OK, here. OK, so into. The, OK, this is, I, I'm, I'm I'm fixing Cogmine real is in, in these three or four steps. OK, it's it's into the breach graphics and isometric. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. got a meta progression. That is one of the key things that like right now, if there was a meta progressor, like if I mm-hmm. was to use a certain like weapon enough times or like, mm-hmm. you know, like essentially dangle some kind of even if it's a small unlock and I keep coming back to the greatest game of all time, Slay Aspire. But like, yeah, you play, eventually you, you earn enough points and then you unlock a card and the card's not like most of the time, like game, it's just like a, here's a card to keep you like there's still things that you can get another artifacts and these things you can get them in the game normally. But this mm-hmm. like makes it so you can choose it and just give me that kind of progression to get me like over a hump. Maybe you guys are talking about like maybe i need to yeah. get in 30 hours right now i'm just like why the fuck do i want to keep yeah playing? i would say that it uh, I, I i get the it has a steep learning curve i feel like it does like scott was saying uh, oh the, the the first level like the tutorial level it's like it's really not a tutorial level it's like a, a dump of loot and you can like choose which things you want um i think that ha- cogmine could do more to onboard people mm-hmm. uh like you the choice to go through the like super baby zone where you get taught a little bit more like you can do hacking more risk-free uh like maybe they could do something where it's like the first couple times you play it there is a meta like the 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 level that you start at on like the normal game now maybe that could be like meta progression three where you get the first couple times where you're 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 going through and you're like you're trying you're you're trying you haven't even gotten to the first floor yet yeah Uh, or just like trying escape from like give me the goal of escape from level three or like you know go up three flights and and escape like you just escape to exiles or something right and then the next time it's four like or do the hades style where it's just like okay Mm -hmm. yeah you're trying to escape but mm-hmm. like at each time, like you can you can choose to like ramp up the difficulty. You know, you start to add mo- you know negative modifiers to yourself as your meta progression weapons and things increase. So that way you kind of have these counterbalancing aspects of the game. Everything is getting harder, but also the things that you have to deal with it get more advanced. Like these are the kind of like advanced, like I, I want to say normal sort of a uh, good understandably good <laughs> mechanics that we uh, we know about these days and it just seems like this game is severely lacking because it doesn't have these core components for me yeah i think that the meta progression is knowledge which is i it's the same i've had the same problem with some of the other games we've played which is not like that requires such a huge investment to get to the point where the game feels good mm-hmm yeah, Dwarf Fortress style, like you have to like do right, 100 yeah. hours of like, tutorial. It's a job yeah. or where's the like I've tried. I, I know, and there's just no payoff with it, or there was no payoff for that for me. And this if, this game, I read the documentation. I sat there and I read every line of it just so I'd be like, 
this, now I understand everything, I think, and it still didn't <laughs> make the game more fun. I think the uh, the comparison with Hades, now that I think about it, it makes more and more sense from like, yes, this game does not have a meta progression. I feel like if you were like a 400 level IQ Brainiac, you could beat this game your first time playing through, which I feel like there it this game would almost be better served if there was that kind of like Hades style, you know, your goal is to escape in both circumstances. Your goal is to progress through different biomes as you're going up the levels of, of this hell dungeon. Very much the same. Uh, you know, there are different NPCs that you can interact with that give you different, different uh, modifiers and, and helpfulness, which is very key to how you're deciding how to do your run. Um, but Cogmind 100% lacks that uh, meta progression, even just in terms of like, um, like lore, lore dump or hacks where like, oh, I've, I've like entered this faction's area for the first time. Now, like I can do these like new hacking abilities or, or something the next time that I play. Um, I feel like that, that could be something interesting to add. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think like there's, there's some missing element of of meta here that i think could be well integrated but i think also for me i i yeah like that learning curve of new meta stuff of like oh i want to i want to go back and try this the next time i play that's kind of like the only meta that you have right now yeah i i, I get i i understand where and how this this game got to where it is because that kind of meta progression is in some ways against the tra the true traditional roguelike game. Like which true, I might say is bad. Which <laughs> is probably bad. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I, I agree with it necessarily, but I can see how it, it got there. There is a there's a certain purity in every run starts the same. There mm -hmm. is no like no meta progression as a badge of honor. Uh in that like it is it's like saying do you want a meta progression for chess or for starcraft like i, I do i i want i want the meta aggression to max out at 60 40 to 60 hours and then that's when it's 11 level playing field and like i think but until you, then you've earned all of your stuff right exactly mm -hmm. and then and then that, that it's just like in starcraft too right you don't yeah. start with all the, the 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 dudes right away you slowly learn about them oh yeah you know, i guess or i mean not chess but i to immediately give a counter example against myself when people start playing go they play on the seven by seven board or the five by mm -hmm. five or whatever mm -hmm. and they slowly progress up to the, the the board that breaks robots brains until recently right and and like that's the oh no, that's actually very actually a podcast on that recently but anyways uh, that's <laughs> there's a but that like that's all is a very known mechanic in games where you have the the difficulty and you have the challenge level on two axes and like you want to stay in this narrow cha uh, channel that's extending out and to the right which is just like the, the so that you're always like it's difficult but not too difficult and your skill is good but it's always like being challenged and so um in the beginning is sh you shouldn't be greeted with the possibility of maximum difficulty in my view I mean, that's just yeah. like, I mean, a known thing about human engagement. I mean, and like, I feel like this game, the theme supports it more than most roguelikes would. Like if you're playing something like Dungeons of Dreadmore or just like the original rogue, like if you died last run, there's no way to copy your spirit back to a different person. That's not how like the 
physics of those kind of games work. But this is like a weird robot game where you absolutely could have something that fits entirely within the theme of like, yeah, every time you die, you are able to transmit some amount of some limited amount of data back to yourself mm-hmm. that increases your abilities, increases your knowledge, increases your uh, you, you, where you can start and where you can do certain things. Yeah. And, and you don't even really need like, it doesn't have to be a super strong connection to make those kind of like things like possible from a narrative, like point, point of view. And like the, the, the game that we played recently, I mean, Bind of, Binding of Isaac, there is a meta progression there. Like you can experience all of the things like randomly come across them, but like eventually like at least if I recall correctly, eventually you unlock things by doing certain things in the game. Like if you have a certain number of hearts, you unlock a mm-hmm. character. Um, right. But but or, but a lot of a lot of times there are actually no like other... the artifacts or the things that you pick up in the game would be things that you unlock by just doing quirky things in the game. And it's like, well, it doesn't make sense that you couldn't do that from the beginning. But like, do we care that you can now get this thing that you couldn't? Be? I, right. I don't know. It's just like it's just slowly introducing complexity, and it's a way of just making it so that you're not hit with this giant wall of possibilities in the beginning. Right. Or or there's something like something that guides your build a little bit from the get go. Like, ah, oh, I'm playing Plasma right. Mind where, you know, EM weapons are 50% more efficient for me. Uh, and I it, it, I it cringe away a little bit because it, <laughs> it it's the same thing. It like, it takes away the purity of the run. Like you start everything the same and like Cogmind is such a game about morphing your way through these obstacles. Like you're, as your parts are getting blasted on, you're just, running grabbing smashing things on like i it it feels like an anime trope of of like something where you're just like the robot absorbing things around it and and building it into its into itself and like you're 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 harvesting scrap and you're building your new body out of it as you're going along and you're like a katamari gundam almost yeah exactly and I do think it would take, I do think it would take something away to have stuff like that, but the, it may add, it may be the two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it might, you know, like, oh, it takes away from some bit, but it makes it so much easier to onboard and on ramp and, and gain a deep understanding of the game. Yeah, if there was, yeah, I think like, I can't believe I never thought of this before, but you've you've both just like hit that absolute like, yes, of course, like nerve of like this game with like Hades, Hades style meta progression and into the breach graphics is like maybe the perfect game of all time. I think we've all agreed on that. It's at least at least something I could t- tolerate and and try to get into. <laughs> I think if you yeah. were to add like if I, the the third thing on that list then would be in my view like um not just synergies exposed through um like the raw goodness of putting like oh here's the fifth plus fifty percent to EM thing plus the mm-hmm. EM thing but like actually have unique sort of synergies form like a vampire survivor sort of like oh you have this homing thing and this like uh rocket launcher and now together like and, and, and I, I mean, that's I mean simple, but like they unify are... in a way that like maybe they they has some added effect i want to add an effect level of synergy not just that oh this is good with that sort of a thing 
Oh, you mean like specifically like a set bonus almost kind yeah, of Yeah, that I I want set bonuses. That's exactly mm. what I want. And that way it it guides your run even more and it makes those decisions about do I drop this thing that helps my set out? Um, you know, if I get one more element then I get, <laughs> you know, plus 20% shields or like an extra like one hit like damage that gets negated because it's the the shogunari bonus or I don't know, you know, some kind of weird thing, but like mm-hmm. that would be uh I think that'd be fun. I'm a big fan of fun. This is so happy. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that Cogmine does that I think is really, it is good. You can play this game with, Will, you're complaining about the graphics now. Did you play it on ASCII mode at all? (laughs) There is a, I I don't remember what the key is, but there is a button that you can press and it just seamlessly shifts like like a matrix style flow down into full ASCII mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can play it in like true, true roguelike fashion. I think it would be interesting if you kept these same graphics, you just had one more thing where it's like, turn it up instead of down. So like ASCII mode to what we currently have. And then what we currently have up to like the stupid casual, like uh, gamer level. Yeah. Like that we're talking about. uh, Turn it up from uh, uh, original Nintendo to super Nintendo. I really want the, I mean, I want the that. enter the breach. I want to see like the little dudes and I want to see them with the weapons that they actually have equipped and I want them to move just a little bit. And oh, when they shoot, oh. they have like a really cool <laughs> animations and like, oh, it's my, like, it would be, it would be, it would be difficult. Yeah. Then you there's have to make many, not a solo game. a lot of different combinations. It would be hard to have a, a I'm not saying a, it's easy. Yeah. But I but want like good. seeing the cog <laughs> mind growing and that would uh, be like Katamari awesome. Damasiing his weapons on him and slow like morphing into things. If you mm-hmm. could build some sort of like pixel generator that auto does yeah. that and maybe have it be not the same every time. Maybe it's like it maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's a little bit funky. Because I, that's exactly what I want. That's actually like, this is a key it part. It doesn't of the integrate. Game it doesn't integrate well every time because you're not like a custom built robot with all of these things that are. You're <laughs> not designed to have this robot arm data jack. It's like <laughs> just like you're literally shoved into your weird side. It's like not sticking out of your shoulders, sticking out of like your torso. That, that this is what I want. So when you're upgrading this game, you're like you're choosing utility or power or whatever. I want you to be able to put every single thing into uh the uh, propulsion slot and i want you to have 50 legs if you want 50 <laughs> legs and i want to see that like i mean that's i mean you can bit. have fi- you, i mean you i know have i know exactly and i just like it, it that's uh it's a core like i don't have I, I have constraints around this with the, the the game i'm developing but like these are the things that we i want you to be able to replace a a weapon slot with a uh a, a utility slot i want to mm-hmm. have this sort of like um flexibility and i think that that would be and that's something you can only do in like a cyborg world or in this case, in this kind of like, you know, mech warrior sort of world. And I, I think it's a really fun idea. Future episode for sure. Will is basically describing the visual uh, modifications of how Risk of Rain 2 works. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, the more... I played Risk of Rain like right when it came out and I haven't touched since then. Yeah. Because if you get it like, yeah, you have like three pairs of like sniper glasses on, they show three pairs of sniper glasses on your body. Which at, at like, after like an hour and a half of your run, you look like an absolute clown running around. <laughs> but it is, it is quite great with all of the uh, missiles and stuff flying off of your body. So, um. Colin, have you beaten Cogmind? I'm I'm sure you have at least once. 
Uh, I feel like beat is such a weird term, but yes, I have, I, I think I have escaped one time Yeah, and I've gotten to the like weird alien tech level floors a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spoilers. No, I'm, I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm never going to get to the end. So it doesn't matter. I feel like we spoil every really... game that we talk about. So it's no, I also so feel like that's barely a spoiler. Like, yeah, there's so much weirdness that goes on with, like, I don't remember. I, I played most of my Cogmind not so recently, so I don't. I literally don't remember enough to spoil the like the true weird secrets of the upper floors. Uh, I do remember having like crazy teleporting stuff and absolute. It was just like producing energy and dissipating heat. It, it, you get like much much more powerful, but then the enemies are like also doing crazy shit. Yeah, I think uh, this game does does uh, power creep very well. Where yeah. I'm very excited, like later as the game goes on, I'm very excited to pick up new things because a the titling of all the weapons is is hilarious and great. Where you have like super Omega Annihilator nine thousand, or there was one uh one unique uh, piece of equipment that I desperately wanted to try out. Um, oh, it was like it was some kind of like uh like brain emulsifier or something where it was very much like its intent is to go in and just like permanently convert this enemy to an ally and they can't yeah. they can't resist no matter what I'm like yes i i 100 want to use this yeah. against some big bad guy such I, i'm just looking through a list enhanced gamma bomb array gravity flail uh herf cannon hellfile missile launcher impact mace uh advanced or guided micro nuke launcher like you get some wild stuff mm-hmm. um, omega cannon the point, null cannon point singularity launcher uh oh Gatling there's a yolo, yolo cannon i don't <laughs> i don't uh, think i've ever seen that but heavy wave gun it's like there's there's stuff in here that i had absolutely not seen yeah because it's the thing on the pedestal behind the locked door behind the the guards behind the alien uh shield that you have to go find the tractor beam to turn off or whatever one thing that we haven't talked about which i 100 do not expect will to have dived into this at all but i think the like the writing in this game is unexpectedly very good yeah i i remember like I want to be the kind of person who likes lore, and I usually <laughs> don't that much. But I do feel like it has it has the right touch, yeah. where it gives you just a hint of lore, but not like but now I have to walk around the village and talk to every person because mm-hmm. maybe they'll say something interesting. There was uh, so a lot of this game's lore comes through terminal hacks, like we've talked about before, and uh, there there are some NPCs that do give you like massive lore dumps of like. You know, oh, this is like this is the whole explanation about this thing, and uh, like I think the writing for those individual segments is very good at creating this world and helping you like believe that you're part of it. But also, like, there's an underrated aspect of like the broader world that this game takes place in in general, and like when I when there's an achievement for it of finding out like the lore behind your player character, the Cogmind, uh, that when I found out, I was like, oh my God, that's like, 
big twist arama mode uh where i'm like oh my yeah like i it all of a sudden made sense and i had to like go and get more lore dumps of like i need to find out more about this thing now because like this is my role in the story and all that uh and it helps it helps to like motivate me to want to to go to those uh like secret like laboratory research branches to do the thing that's in there and like how does that change the outcome of of the ending like those are all things that are super interesting that like every time that i boot up cogman i'm like okay my goal is to go and do this three or four different things happen along the way that change that directory wildly but I think every time that that does happen, I feel like, okay, that's that's fine. I have a new goal to shoot for, and I'm equally as interested in exploring with this other thing that I didn't even intend to happen at all has to offer. Yeah. Also, like, beating the game does feel like a massive accomplishment. It does. It does. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, you're like, oh, I can't believe I actually did it. Like, he crawls out and sees the sun, and I also feel like I I survived. I mm-hmm. made it. I will say that I I feel like the ending maybe needs to linger like a touch longer. It, I feel like it's it's over very abruptly, and it uh, also it's also in only ASCII mode, which kind of threw me for a loop. But uh, but I think like if if there were more like little kind of cinematics like that interspersed, there's a, there's a lot of interesting events that happen, but if, if like that kind of aspect was leaned on just a little more, maybe for Cogmind 2 or Super Cogmind, we'll get that. Uh, But yeah, I think like the first time that I beat the game, like having to escape the main doors of the, of the top floor of the compound with all of my parts blown off and I'm like bleeding and limping to the exit. These giant robots are chasing me down, shooting their huge cannons. And I finally get to that exit and get that ending cinematic. It was, that was, that was pulse raising. It was very much a, uh, a sense of accomplishment in that sense. Yeah. Somewhat reminds me of like kind of the narrative. Um, uh, what was it called? The, the machine stops. Um, this is like from a dystopia class, but like it basically like it, the, the premise is it's very similar where it's like you're deep underground is this, you, you know, dystopian society. And eventually the purpose is to break free and get out of the surface. And like, that's, uh, I guess, kind of a recurring common thing, which is. Yeah. Um, or like, what's the, the, the ice, ice train snow piercer where it's like, you got to get your way from, from one place to the other. And you're going through and it's getting nicer or more advanced as you go. You go through it. I mean, I feel like uh, that's it. The ice. Oh, oh, yeah. I know. Uh, that's um, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. It's not. It's not called Snowpiercer. You're talking about the 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 train movie, the bad one. Like, <laughs> many people like a lot. Oh, maybe I have no idea what you're talking about. Never mind. Maybe Polar Express. Go... Polar Express. No. <laughs> the one no. with the uh, the disembodied, uh, dead-eyed Tom Hanks uh, CGI monster. No, Snowpiercer. Was that the one that had the molecular? No, I, 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 maybe you're the only one who's uh, heard of that one. Yeah, uh, you guys not. How, how do you not know about Snowpiercer? Uh, it's got uh Chris Evans. It's got Tilda Swinson. Who? It's got Ed Harris <laughs> in it. I don't know who these people are. Chris um, Evans. Ed is... Harris in The Rock. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's it's the colonel from The Rock. Uh, Chris Evans is is Captain America. 
Tilda Swenson is uh, the she's in stuff. I don't know actors' names. I don't I don't care about these. She things. has an Academy She was the one that award, had the Sidgwick. Well, I don't gun, care right? about these things. I can't <laughs> emphasize that enough. Celebrities are a, something I will never ever know about. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, uh, I'm surprised that both of you haven't seen Snowpiercer. Uh, I didn't particularly like it, but it seems like it was well liked among the kind of people that we hang out with. So I'm mm. surprised that you don't even know about it. Uh, no, I, I thought you were talking about Monster Train, the the game, but <laughs> no, it's just a movie. <laughs> like a, 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 I mean, like ten years old at this point. I've but already anyway, forgotten. I feel like it. we're I've really off topic. Yeah. <laughs> We've so so way right off topic because okay. now well, let's let's jump into our rankings. Uh, right. I think I'll go first. This is my new number one game. Uh, I think kind of unsurprisingly, uh, I think when Colin, when you first recommended this to me ages ago, like you should play this game Cogmine. I was like, mm, I don't know. At first, I thought it was a Zachtronics game because you were you'd been yeah. playing a lot of those recently. I'm like, what oh, kind of looks like a Zachtronics game? I don't know about this. Uh, but I think it's quick, like consistently. Which is like, a huge, by the way, a huge endorsement if it was a Zachtronics <laughs> game. Great. Uh, so if you like Zachtronics games, you'll love this and vice versa, probably. Um, but I think the I was kind of meh on Cogmind at first. But the thing that really hooked me was like, yeah, okay, I'm a robot running around shooting stuff. And like there were some enemies that I was fighting. And then out of nowhere, there were just these friendlies that came like bursting through a wall of like, I'm here to help you and save the day. Come with us and we'll take you to to like our friendly faction lair. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. And like Yeah, very surprising the first time it happened. You're like, I don't think I I didn't think that <laughs> was this kind of game. Right. Uh and just the more the more kind of like personality and like aesthetic uh world building that there exists here that we didn't get in Sword of the Stars or Dreadmore uh really i think just like catapulted it into like this is this is the best in class traditional roguelike period i don't think that there's any traditional roguelike that remotely comes close to this game in terms of its quality or its handcrafted uh thoughtfulness and everything from like the diegetic music or like uh atmospheric sound design like even like the little beeps and boops of like interacting with computer terminals and like the matrix style hacking stuff it the weird it, thumping of the machines all of the weird yeah like these vortex reactors and stuff that just kind of sounds like you're walking through like a um like a furnace aisle of home depot like all like weirdly all ticks all the right boxes for me and it's just this weird alignment of things that just line up perfectly yeah like the graphics aren't perfect but i think for what it's trying to do it like chaos dunks it perfectly for me. So this is my new number one game. Uh, I was I was very excited when we picked this one, uh, and I think I will be uh, very excited to see how how the Cogverse uh, evolves over time. I think it's definitely a space to watch. Is there plans for Cogbind too? I mean, I like the the very dedicated community to the game kind of jokes and pokes and prods the developer about it. I don't okay. I don't know that like there's any serious developments like this game is listed on Steam as early access, but this game is done. Like there I can't think of another thing that like you would need to add to make this game more feasible. I can think of 3. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but fair, like fair. for for what it's going for right now, 
feature you could, game system design wise you could very easily release it as a finished product right now and yeah no you could have done that like a year ago easy um but yeah i think like for me ticks all the right boxes um i don't think there's any serious plans for like a souped up like two point or like a cogmine 2 version to come out anytime soon just based on like the developer super open about his like uh game development uh like practices and like this is how game development for something like this works stupid complicated like i i couldn't do it in a million years and i can only imagine that like if he tried to pivot this to like a super nintendo level game he would need like a a full studio to do so just because you would have to rewrite the whole thing from the ground up just to appease will's disdain for anything that's teeny tiny graphics yeah uh I have this coming in at my number two game, still behind FTL. I think FTL is a little bit more of a, I mean, FTL graphics is the same kind of like, that's the-, the FTL is much better. <laughs> no, 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 in terms of like, FTL graphics is the step up in graphics that Will could be looking for. Like uh, a little bit more legibility. Um, like I, It's a very cohesive look, but it's not, necessarily the most legible um i i really like the depth of gameplay i like the feeling that you could go and do a lot of stuff and that it would always it would be there there's no invisible wall at the edge there's if you go into this thing there will you you might die you might get absolutely stomped but there is something behind every door Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've, I've I opened a lot of doors. Uh, there was a lot of empty rooms. Those are hideout spots for when you need to to cool off. Metaphysical or... door. I see. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but uh, I think FTL still has a, a more well crafted total game narrative. Um, but I put it about something like Invisible Ink because I think it has just more complexity of gameplay and depth of gameplay and i i mean i haven't played it for 100 hours but i absolutely could see myself doing that uh and not having plumbed the depths of it after that amount of time so i liked it a lot all right and now for the correct (laughs) answer oh that's where Uh, the podcast just ended how did that happen Uh oh well i guess we'll never know as as I, the, I think the the best uh, framing I could put it is the one I you know before we jumped on the podcast I said uh, yeah it's just about as good as Risk of Rain it's just about as good um, because you all love that game and I also <laughs> thought it suffered from a lot of critical problems ones that I I, I which is what's is funny is that I, I keep I point out all these problems and then I see both of you shaking your heads yes yes these are all no, things no my and, and so I think it's just so odd to me that they, they have somehow managed to get these top rankings but I gave this game uh, it did not it managed to hit my six out of ten threshold for recommending I gave it a 4.5 out of 10 um, because it was severely lacking in those critical things that uh, were mentioned and uh, this this in terms of overall rankings it looks like it puts it at number uh nine out it's it's ranked in three tie tied with swords of the stars the pit din's curse <laughs> and uh just below risk of rain um so 
uh yeah nine out of 16 games well we're up to 16 we've really done those podcasts for a while um but um yeah i i wanted to like it i really i played this game like i don't know a year or two years ago for just a little bit i was just like nope can't get into it <laughs> and this time i thought okay maybe if i you know i'm gonna watch more tutorials i'm gonna have scott i'm gonna have him stream to me show me the fun scott show me what's so great about this and he's like and i like like this thing and, and i'm just like okay all right and it just never got into the the point where i felt engaged uh, i tried i really did but now the fun of cogmind comes from when you swap out your treads to wheels in what is called a half track strategy maneuver <laughs> in which case it allows you to carry a lot more storage uh, scott do you like the cog or the mind more i'm more of a cog man the cog because the factorio has a cog and obviously yeah, as we, and it's a 10 out of 10 game right there you know oh, there based on what i know from from the twist about the lore i think i might uh might have to be on the mind side a little bit Ooh. i don't know if that controversial makes me, i don't know if that makes me the bad guy in this story or mm -hmm. if the robot controlling the facility that we're in is the bad guy but i guess until will you know reads through the uh the hundred page tome that is the uh the lore dump of this game the, the cog lore yeah i yeah, will we'll, play some good games instead. We'll, we'll wait for the movie adaptation and then we'll we'll get the real breakdown i mean if the creator ever were to listen to this which i i mean i, I hopefully you can take this uh you know and uh, know that it's nothing personal but uh, no, he's gonna find you. <laughs> you're gonna wake up there's gonna be a sigix broadsword <laughs> in your pillow it's gonna be yes. three pixels but it'll be there uh i, I would just say i get it and like the, you have a target market and that target market is not me. You, you appeal very much, obviously, to these two dunces. I mean, these two very entailed. That's a crazy thing, though, is you are like square in the bullseye dead center of the target market. And I see I, I see your criticisms. I see how uh, it, it didn't hook you. But I can I can imagine just a very slightly different you and a very slightly different game. And you just being like. Oh, oh! It's one of those things where Will gets way into a game and he's mm -hmm. making. Yeah, it, it just the, like the the big thing. If it just had those two or three of those components that we talked about, it would have done that for me. But the graphics thing is real. Yeah. Like I said, the two or three points. If this would have gone up to a six point five or a seven point five out of ten, and it, at a seven point five out of ten, that puts it at uh, at uh, I think one of the top like three games that we would have played. But like, yeah. it just didn't have it. If it if just you were setting... into the breach, come on, or FTL yeah. level, like that's just like a half step above where it's at. Yeah. Well, maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe they'll uh, make this perfect game, um, like Scott was saying, and we can all <laughs> look forward to that. Into the Reach well, 2. In the meantime, uh, next week we're going to be playing another game with uh, maybe maybe these are the graphics Will's looking for. I think this is of, actually a half step. Uh, yeah, this is getting the, uh, right. uh, the magic of low magic age. Uh, it's a uh, square squares moving around uh turn-based fog of war and to and to come back to the graphics part this, <laughs> Just this was a game that, that will nominated over crypt of the necrodancer and tiny rogues for whatever reason that i saw um oh i have good reasons i i can tell you why because will hates bullet hell <laughs> i hate bullet hell obviously that's he one i just games. don't want to play those games and the other one like the the playing a game to the beat and like 50% of the players not getting past level one. Like I get that it's novel, but I don't like, it's like a very, maybe it's worth playing at some point just a little bit, but like 
I, I don't want to put a whole podcast into it. Just like the stupid mechanic of you it's hit novel tap the in the button. way that getting stung by a scorpion would be novel. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, I mean, it's just like, I get it. I don't like, I don't like timing based games. I like judgment based games. And that's why I just like the bullet hell sort of games. I just, meh. and I say that, but I love the bullet heaven games or at least vampire survivors. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm open to it in the future, but I prefer the one that we were playing. Well, you can uh, you can seek us out on Mastodon at grogpod at gamedev.place. Uh, you can send an email into the show should you so desire to have your voice read by one of our great uh, bassy, burly voices, uh, grogpodzone at gmail.com. Or you can find all of our rankings and data and all that fun stuff uh, on our website at grogpod.zone. Uh, but next week we're going to be, we're going to be rolling for some initiative. We're going to ideally having some, uh, weak little wizards die on their first, uh, campaign session. Uh, and, uh, maybe we will see the return of Will's D&D character, uh, for our, our next episode, Low Magic Age. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It did look like a D&D combat simulator. And, it's uh... supposed, yeah, I think it's supposed to be basically based entirely around like version three point something of D and I think we were playing like five fifth edition. Is that we're right? Fifth edition. Yeah. I mean, D and D that's not, I couldn't get into that. So I, I'm a little bit worried, but hopefully because well, this it's is mostly all the, optimization this is, and this is like all the fighting tactics. and none of the role playing. So yeah. Fuck the role playing. That's what makes <laughs> D and D the worst thing out there. Oh, here's a lore drop. Oh, and another stupid character with the same. Oh God. I mean, <laughs> No offense. How many enemies can we make with one podcast episode? (laughs) I mean, fighting his tongue as hard as you can. Both of you, as a DM, call is just like I hate you. With that one voice, the parts of Peniles will find. You'll never know. You'll never know the fear of Jacques Rock pointing at you. No, I will. I'm terrified. I will be. I will happily live my life without that. Well, we're gonna be pointing at you, listener, next time for our episode on Low Magic Age. And then this is the part where I come up with a new segment to to outro the show. And we're done. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we need a we need a um we didn't think about it beforehand. We need another uh bit that we do at the end of every episode. All la, la the high on your mm-hmm. your Y forty five defender. Ape related pant hooting. <laughs> yes. Okay, now I'll Just... st- hit the stop recording. <laughs>